0: Welcome to the Newson Health Menopause Podcast. I'm Dr. Louise Newson, a GP and menopause specialist, and I run the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Centre here in Stratford-upon-Avon. So today with me and my podcast, I'm really thrilled to have Lorraine Candy, who is the editor-in-chief for Sunday Times Star Magazine. She's also a family columnist for the Sunday Times Magazine, and more recently, she's been co-hosting a fabulous podcast called Postcards from Midlife. So welcome, Lorraine. Thanks for coming on today. Hi, Lorraine. So we, we met in real life a few months ago because you were doing a feature weren't you for the Times Star magazine about spas and as many of you know I do not run a spa, I run a menopause and wellbeing centre and you were really struggling to find somewhere that offered holistic care so I enticed you up to my clinic uh, for a day's experience and when you were there obviously I started talking about your own experience so I'm really delighted that you're going to share some of your story with us today. Yes, I think it
1: was, I was just perplexed that there was nowhere to go if you were a woman in your kind of mid 40s to 60 that focused specifically on that part, because it is a very holistic thing that is needed. And what is not needed is unnecessary intervention that's kind of very costly or, you know, yoga's not going to cure the perimen yeah, So I was bizarre that I couldn't find I, I, we tried the whole of Europe mm. and uh, we do a big spa special so we we try and, and tell a story behind each of the pieces that we do so it's not just about kind of going away and relaxing it's about a journey of some sort and I couldn't find anywhere in Europe or a bit more in America in Europe or, or in in the UK that addressed the very specific symptoms of menopause and perimenopause and would be helpful I think for that group of women and also not taking advantage of that group of women, which I did, could find a lot of those doing that.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a huge thing because, as you know, menopause is just a word. It's a natural transition that happens to all of us if we live long enough. And a lot of people think it's just older women. The average age is 51, but around 1 in 100 women under the age of 40 have an early menopause. And a lot of us experience perimenopausal symptoms, so menopausal symptoms when we are still having periods, Sometimes for up to a decade before that final period. And because it happens to all women, it is, like you say, quite weird that there aren't enough places where people can really receive evidence based, non biased care. And I think traditionally it's because a lot of us haven't had proper education as undergraduates or postgraduates. And a lot of healthcare professionals think, well, it's just about periods stopping. And once your periods have stopped, your menopause is over and you've got this new phase in your life. But as you know, it's when we don't have our hormones those hormones we never regain because it's they're produced from our ovaries and once our ovaries stop working we don't have hormones in our body so that will last as long as we last if you like yeah and as you know it can cause all sorts of experiences many symptoms and a lot of people have symptoms that they don't realize are related to their menopause and then there are health risks as well such as increased risk of heart disease diabetes dementia osteoporosis so really doom and gloom for the menopause or women so we need to think about ways of addressing those in different ways because we're all different aren't we so yes
1: I think also the thing from my point of view having worked in style magazines and lifestyle magazines I used to edit Cosmo and I worked on Marie Claire having worked in that area and knowing that female audience as well there is such a stigma around the word menopause or perimenopause in actual fact I probably would have been difficult for me to find something physically labelled the yes. menopause spa But I just don't think women would want to talk about it. And the stigma is there because culturally we have created a negativity around it and we've made women feel bad about it. It seems to signify the end and who wants to go to... Something yes. like that, or experience. So, it really, it just needs a kind of. I think we've talked about it before. It needs to be viewed as a depletion of hormones. absolutely. So that what it's a hormone deficiency that women of this age group, majority of this age group, are going through, and we need to look at the way it's visually represented. We need to look at the way it's talked about and written about, and the way kind of those more male elements of the media consistently make fun of us for, you know, it's kind of the cartoons about the hot flushes. This conversation is skewed and wrong around women. So why would you set up a clinic? Absolutely. A, a spa board and, you know.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, you know... Yeah. It, that. You're, you're right, because a lot of people think menopause is middle-aged, frumpy women, women with a fan, they're a bit hormonal, they're a bit irritable, don't go near them sort of thing.
1: I mean, Jennifer Lopez is 50, yeah. and if you see the pictures, I mean, we can't all be J-Lo, <laughs> obviously, because we're not that wealthy and we we haven't been dancing that hard for <laughs> 30 years. But when I try and do a piece on the menopause and we will look at stock pictures, I will be offered... A huge amount of women kneeling on gardening pillows and looking tired and not looking in the way that most of us do at this age group and also we you know being reframed as something positive as a new stage as a Mm. moving forward is is, that's the kind of thing I'm trying to do with uh, whenever we do features around this And, and at the moment there are quite some really good voices around it I would say a couple of years ago I wouldn't have been able to get anyone to write about it whereas now I can get some quite glamorous women I think Gen X has come through to their menopause with quite a vocal outspoken way about it and it's also not about wanting to be younger it's just you know it's wanting to be better and I think it's very valid sometimes we get a bit of flack if we do pieces around you know how to look after your skin over 50 um, Mm -hmm. makeup to wear if you're that age that kind of thing and in somehow as if we are making it shallow it's all about makeup. but it is about how mm. you feel and all those things are vital to the psychology of good mental health for some women they, they might not be for others but they are I remember we did a piece in the magazine about the anti-aging um, and whether you use that phrase or not and we had headlined it anti-aging products that might work or something along those lines and the whole our own menopause society and people are like that laid into us and we said no no, no you need to read the piece the yes. piece is about Specific skin changes—you can call it what you Mm. like—but you're, you know. So we all need to be kinder and and more positive, I think, around every woman's needs around this time. But the conversation definitely has to change. It has to be much more upbeat.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting as you know. I've produced a book, the Haynes Menopause Manual, and it took me eighteen months to persuade Haynes to actually publish it or even be interested in it. And I wanted to use Haynes because I grew up in the seventies with the Haynes car manual so I thought it would be a good platform and also a good way of men trying to engage with the menopause and initially they said, no, we really don't need or want to book on the menopause when most of us are men. We've only got one female on our senior board members. We really wouldn't be interested. So I... Uh, chipped away and chipped away and, and now um it's their bestseller and I just found out yesterday that we're going to do an audio version of it and it's going to be put in a Kindle as well so and now they're really grateful and, and it's just getting over the word and I know when I set up my clinic it's the word um, yeah the word. it is yeah. I was working with someone that was helping me with my sort of advertising and she said oh actually Louise I think I can't work for you anymore and I said oh gosh really why what have I done and she said well you're going to put a sign outside with the word menopause on it and I don't think you should do that I think you should just call it a women's health clinic and I said well I'm really sorry that you obviously don't know me well enough I'm working really hard to try and destigmatize the word menopause so it has to be in a yeah. sign yeah. outside my building well it's
1: a medical diagnosis as well and it's you know 50 percent of the population yeah, are gonna lose. well men indeed as well are going to lose their you know yes. it's going to be part of their life is going to change as well at, at that stage so I think we have to keep using the word and we have to keep mm. but we have to remove it from the connotations that are with it as well I think that's the that's yeah
0: the as, part, yeah so. absolutely and I think it's really important because you know we're both menopausal women and we hopefully are in Enjoying, you know, this phase of our lives, and it should be a positive experience. And I think we also have to, like you say, think about it as a long term hormone deficiency. We talk about obesity not being an illness, but actually people who are obese have an increased risk of future conditions such as heart disease and we know that menopausal women have an increased risk yeah. of diseases so it's really important that we minimize this risk by looking at ways of treatment so if we think a bit about treatment obviously hormone replacement therapy hrt is only one part of the treatment it's some women can't have it for various reasons or don't start taking it first line but it's not the only treatment as you know yeah. and that's one of the things you were we're trying to look at when you were trying to find somewhere that offered holistic care so talk me through your sort of experience I think
1: the kind of odd background and it's one of the reasons we started the podcast postcards from midlife is because both my co-presenter Trish and I were the same age had hit about 46 47 and genuinely thought Something terrible was wrong with our mm. mental health. I'd written, even written. About, I mean, I'm a journalist. But, you know, I've been a news reporter <laughs> on on the Times, and, they, and I still didn't. Put no. all of this mm. together. I wrote a piece about suddenly experiencing anxiety and panic attacks, which had just never happened to me mm. in my life. It was perplexing. I was confused. I looked at all, all the ways that you could possibly help or alleviate mm. this. I'd been offered antidepressants by the doctor, which I just thought I don't probably don't need these. I don't. This, this feels different mm. from talking to my friends who'd suffered depression so I wrote a piece in a newspaper I wrote a piece in Elle magazine which I edited at the time and then I was there was a lot of response from women saying yes we're going through this you should take the antidepressant yeah and and it kind of that it it continued and I've been to the doctor several times saying I just this doesn't feel like there's other things wrong my my bones ache quite a lot and I can't Mm. and I am covered in sweat sort of three or four nights a week and it's like you know Armageddon type sweat it's mm. not just I'm quite hot and I can't yeah. <laughs> yeah. so there is something physique. and still as a journalist three years over that time I did not put yeah. any of it together yeah. I was not able to make that kind of connection and um it's probably only in the last sort of couple of years I've thought right actually I, this is menopause and perimenopause mm. and you know we have been inundated with people saying I'm sure yeah, we had a woman last week email and say I was going to leave my marriage. This is, mm. you know, I just don't understand what's happened, but I've gone mad and I mm. just thought it's best to divorce. But I've listened to the podcast. I've been to the doctor. I feel better two weeks later from wow. um, to the doctor. Uh, we had a woman who said she was going to leave her job because she felt that there was something clearly wrong with her. She couldn't remember anything. And she was going mm. she wanted to leave before she got fired for incompetence. Mm. And it was to be the end of her career. Again, she'd gone to the doctor. So I just think we have to keep talking yeah. about it and writing about yeah. it. And you know, I'm, it feels odd to share it all personally because yeah. somehow there's a slight shame around, I don't know, or
0: funny yeah. feeling
1: around like talking about women. It feels incredibly private to be talking about. But actually, I talked a lot. I had four children. I talked a lot about mm. my pregnancies and kept a whole column through two of the pregnancies and talked about all the intimate, which is viewed in a, in a much less shameful yes embarrassing
0: way yeah to, which which to is weird isn't it and you know pregnancies usually last nine months whereas menopause the average time is 30 years and you know all of us are going to go females are going to go through the menopause whereas we're not all going to get pregnant or certainly we're not all going to have four pregnancies. Um, I think um, the big learning
1: curve though when I after coming to see you was that there is no one test mm. and I think women assume there's a test to show yes. your perimenopause and there's a test to show your you have gone through the menopause, menopausal, mm. it's a list of symptoms that you need to check off and your list of symptoms is incredibly helpful, I've recommended it to so many women and HRT is hormone replacement therapy, it's not a pill that you take that solves yes. it. it, there yeah. are different levels that need to be offered, you can't check your levels because you don't know what they were before you were perimenopausal so all of that thinking was completely new to me and also the thinking around testosterone which you prescribed mm. for me which I had, read so little about yes. and because it's so muddled and confusing if you're not a journalist if you're not a writer if you're not, if, if finding things out is not your job it's really mm. complicated and it's overlaid by this giant fear that you will get breast cancer and die absolutely and it is a feminist issue in mm. a way because that's weighs really heavy on women and, the, and a lot mm. of the medical profession have not been helpful removing yes. that fear because it's based on a very flawed study as we discussed
0: absolutely and we have to look at the biggest context with everything as well and you know one of the reasons that i set up my website menopausedoctor.co.uk because i was really shocked and saddened with how little good quality information there was for women across the world which is is a real problem but i mean you had symptoms for a while i had symptoms for six months and this was at the time that i was actually writing my website and lecturing to doctors and saying to doctors you must not miss out or neglect women who have psychological symptoms such as anxiety, irritability, poor sleep, um, fatigue. And I was experiencing all these symptoms and getting night sweats. And I just thought I was working too hard and trying to juggle everything. I had no idea that it was related to my hormones. And, and, you, know, you, adopted, and sure. you were embarrassed <laughs> being a journalist. I'm a medical specialist. and I I had no, you know, it was only when my, well, my daughter was then 11. He says, mummy, you're so irritable. I just think you need a period because some of my friends get like you before their period. So I suddenly went, oh my gosh, I haven't had a period for five months. That'll be why I'm getting all these symptoms. Yeah. But then I had. I really struggled because my own uh, GP I'm registered with is very anti-HRT, so wouldn't prescribe yep. it for me. I could have had antidepressants, which I know aren't appropriate. They're not a treatment for the low mood associated with the menopause. So I'm fortunate because I could see one of my colleagues quite quickly. But then it was a bit like my children when they had their MMR vaccine. I knew MMR vaccine. Of course it's safe, but I was still a bit nervous when they had it. and then suddenly I'm thinking oh HRT do I really want to take it am I really that bad maybe Mm. I could just carry on doing a bit more yoga or maybe I should that was the the way I live and yeah
1: I had I just thought I am very worried about this but I just can't go on living like this it'll be grim for the next 20 years so I I made a desperate choice which I think was isn't fair that women should make
0: that. Absolutely no and as you know the earlier you you start HRT the better because once our hormones start dropping we have quite a big increase in bone turnover so bone loss so this really increases our risk of osteoporosis we have a lot more inflammation in our blood vessels so it increases our risk of um, heart disease and So we know from studies, the earlier we take HRT, the better. But like you say, HRT just means hormone replacement therapy. So oestrogen is the most important hormone, but some women benefit from testosterone as well, which interestingly, we produce more testosterone than oestrogen before the menopause. But what I probably hadn't really appreciated so much until I had my own experience is that the dose of oestrogen really can change with time and also between women so like you quite rightly say it's not just a fixed dose you know one treatment for everyone and when I started HRT I felt a bit better but my mother-in-law and my mother who both take HRT kept saying don't you feel amazing don't you feel great and I said no <laughs> I still can't be bothered to do the washing or do the dishwasher or do sort of mundane things. And then my specialist said, no, you need to increase, you need to wear two patches. And I said, no, that's too dangerous. And he said, no, it's not. You're still getting night sweats and your level is still low when we measure your estrogen level in your blood. And so I increased and then I started testosterone. And after about six months, I suddenly realized I felt the best I'd felt for about six years. Yeah. And it was well, this is how su- I feel now. Yeah, I just feel like yeah. a brain changing situation. Yeah. Because when I saw you, you'd already started HRT, hadn't you? I had, but I was on such a mm. unusually low level of
1: it. I just, I had stopped the kind of night sweats had um, stopped. But I think that was probably a bit of a lifestyle. I'd managed that quite mm. well from a lifestyle point of view yes. with much healthier eating like you know mm. less caffeine and much more exercise and yeah you know, took up cold water swimming which yes. seemed to really help me but I think I didn't feel great no. <laughs> and I was still quite anxious and yes. tired and depressed and yeah and, and I remember being moments where I would sit on the sofa after doing all the lunch for the kids and things on a Saturday and then I'd wake up at 8, 8 p.m in the evening and I would think how so awful is yeah six hours mm. that's mm something was clearly wrong and yes. still on a very very low dose of HRT yes. it wasn't now six I think it's probably what is it ten weeks after seeing you I mm, think probably. maybe yeah I just wake up and I'm awake and it's mm. I can do things and I'm not stopping as I go up the stairs and think yeah. you know I'm fixed and I was finding yeah. it difficult to walk up the stairs <laughs> and I think that's not there was a we had Professor Michael Baum, who's the kind of I can't legendary breast cancer surgeon on who invented tamoxifen saved so many women's lives. And we had a very interesting conversation about him about what women are expected to put up with. And Mm -hmm. you know, having been in the medical profession as a surgeon for a very long time, he'd done a lot of research around women and pain and how even young nurses coming into the profession assumed that women just had much higher could deal with mm. much higher levels they needed less painkillers because they were just able to cope with bit. and I think that attitude slightly pervades around menopause you've got yeah. to be really desperate as a woman yes. to get some yeah. kind of treatment you can't just go in and say I'm not Right, you've got to be no. on your knees and suicidal, and kind of. Yeah, you know, I think with men that's a slightly different
0: conversation. So I think, no, I think you you're to totally totally right. Fight, I think right men wouldn't put up with so many symptoms, but because we generally have this thought that we need to just get through things, and a lot of women say, "Well, I've had a difficult pregnancy, I've had PMS for years, so this is just another transition, but I'll battle through it and I'll come out the other side." And and they do feel a bit of a failure, and and also what really saddens me is that a lot of women try and get help but they still can't get it. And so we see a lot of women in my clinic who have left their partners, who have given up their jobs, who um, their lives have fallen apart. I saw a lady recently who used to be a governor for a prison, so really dedicated to her job. And no one would give her HRT because her sister had had breast cancer and Women with a family history of breast cancer can still have HRT usually. And she had put on five stone in weight. She'd stopped running, which was her real joy because her joints were so painful. She had also lost her job. So all she was doing was, well, all, but she was dog walking for some friends. This is pre Covid Mm. but she found that a real struggle and she like you was falling asleep on the sofa her life was in tatters and she'd been going on for five years back and forth had been on five different antidepressants and you know she was only 48 so her life has now been transformed but it, it saddens me that she had to come all the way from Wales to my clinic to spend money which should be available on the NHS so there's so much that needs to change and I really feel that the more women have the knowledge, then they can actually use that to be feel very empowered and then make the right choices yes. and share the decision-making with their healthcare professional.
1: I think there is a, a kind of mini revolution happening, which we've talked about, which I'm probably going to try and write a big mm. piece in Sunday Times about. I think there is a lot of changes in the research around oestrogen and it's quite a powerful mm. use now and the things it saves you from. <laughs> and there's a yeah. lot of work being done by... You know, it's making the front pages. There's a whole slew of books coming out. There's mm. documentaries being made. I think that the tide is turning. I think that the positive thing mm. here is that it's all there's a perfect storm of, of information out there. And this will filter through to the medical profession because it's quite difficult for doctors to know everything. How, how can they possibly? I mean, this is 50% of the population, so it could be more. <laughs> <laughs> they should know more about it <laughs> for sure. Yes. But I, I went to a doctor who said, yes, you definitely need HRT. Don't worry, I'm going to put you on it. But then didn't really understand how to prescribe it. Yes. Yeah. And another doctor who said I'm not and gave me a list of leaflets saying these are the risks of HRT. You're mm-hmm. going to take them at your own thing. I'm very anti it. We don't feel it. And I just thought, well, you know, a am quite a wealthy white woman walking into a London Mm. surgery imagine if I wasn't wealthy if I'm uh, this is not my first language and I come from Mm. a different place where this is not talked about and it's not culturally part of where I'm from Mm. it's unbearable to think that whole group of women are going through just with no help and just kind of pushing on through
0: yeah absolutely and, and one of the reasons that we're developing the app balance that you know about that's coming yeah. out in the next few months is to really reach globally women and especially women in other social groups and ethnic groups as well where it's not so acceptable to talk about and Ooh. I certainly know myself when I realized what was going on and I said to some of my friends gosh I'm menopausal I need to take HRT and quite a few of them are really negative and said yeah. but that makes you feel really old and you can't have children and I said well I've got 3 I've been sterilised. I don't want more children, you know. Um but it was that real sort of nail in the coffin and I thought, gosh, this is this is amazing because I am vocal and I, I'm you know, I'm very privileged in the way that I live. Whereas how could I talk about it if I didn't have anybody who I could talk about? And certainly women from ethnic minorities, it's all very much hidden. They're not allowed to talk about any symptoms and certainly symptoms such as reduced libido or vaginal dryness yes. there's no way they could talk about it to anyone no. so these women are really needlessly suffering and it really frustrates and and saddens me that something that's yeah. so easy to treat is not being addressed So, as i said to
1: you and asked you is it really expensive, HRT? And yeah. uh, is it phenomenally expensive? And those are probably the underlying. No, not at all. No, <laughs> it's, it's not. not. It's, it's not really easy to prescribe. It doesn't affect the budgets at surgeries. No. It's not crippling the NHS. It's not a really experimental or cancer drug?
0: No, we've got really good long-term data as well because some of my friends who are more cynical about my work have said, yeah, but there'll be another study that come out tomorrow, Louise, that will say something different. But we've got studies that show that women who take HRT over 18 years have a lower risk of death from all causes, including from cancer. So that's pretty good. And this is following people up from the WHI study, the Women's Health Initiative study, which was the one that everyone looked at the breast cancer risk with. And there are big numbers of women. It was a randomised controlled study. And it showed how beneficial taking HRT is. So we can't go back on good historical data. And like you say, it's cheap, but also I've been doing some work. I did a survey of 5,000 women recently, and we found that for a lot of women, it's taken them several years to have the diagnosis made. And also several appointments both in for GPs and in hospitals often having unnecessary investigations such as wasting uh, time that could be better spent on much more needy patients Uh, absolutely so you know like you you went back and forth to many doctors whereas now you're on the right dose and type of HRT I'm hoping that you don't need to go back to a doctor I'll
1: want to go in again and unlikely I will have other complications as you said off the process that will mean I take up time better serves someone else because this is a very common absolutely yeah
0: and and, and easy to treat yes so that's exactly right and i'm developing a menopause education program with a company called 14 fish which is going to be launched soon and this is helping gps but also nurses and pharmacists because there's a lot of this that nurses can do and even pharmacists can be involved as well and for a lot of women once they take hrt and start to feel better it's then so much easier to look at your diet and exercise and well-being and sleep and everything and you sort of tried almost the wrong way around because you were desperately trying with your exercise and diet. But it's hard. It's hard if you haven't got those hormones because we need them in our bodies. You know, we're designed to have hormones in our bodies. So, one of the things that happened to me was a just
1: giant drop in iron, mm. um, in which was all part of the kind of how it's metabolized in the body and lack of hormones make it almost impossible for it to be for some women and you can eat as much yeah. red meat you like if you're consistently affected by the lack of hormones you can't change that yes. so you know it's just all the things that happen are so easily remedied and I have been taking iron tablets did practically 10 a day at that point mm. <laughs> making absolutely no just not being properly metabolized I mean there's so many little bits that can be changed
0: so quickly. Absolutely, yeah. And a lot of people have low iron because of the heavy periods that occur. So a lot of people think that menopause periods get less frequent and lighter, but there's a lot of women where periods become closer together and heavier. And there are some really good treatments available um, for women who have heavy periods. And... A lot of women choose to have a Marina coil, which thins the lining of the womb, stops periods, yeah. and it can be used as a progesterone part of HRT. And there are other non-hormonal treatments we often use for heavy periods. And I'm quite shocked sometimes by women telling me how heavy their periods are, and they're not getting any help for that, let alone their menopause as yeah, well. I
1: mean, I, as a, mine were debilitating, really. There was, I, if a meeting was going to be longer than an hour... It would be a problem mm. for me and that's my job to be in meetings and to go and give talks and to be out and about of an evening mm. and to cut you know and I was trying to move my whole life around this kind of cataclysmic mm. periods yeah. that were occurring thinking you know this is ridiculous it can't be normal having had the world's easiest mm. simplest almost non-existent periods up until that point and again presenting with a doctor saying this is Mm. just I can't I don't know how I'm going to deal with this I feel like there must be something wrong have I got a tumor Mm. and still being told no 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 it's just you know you just change as you get older
0: But it's very difficult because for a lot of women, the symptoms last for several years, sometimes even decades. Mm. So it's not something we can just cope with ourselves. And, you know, I often think, can you imagine what the world would be like if more women were on the right treatments and receiving the right mm. help? Because I think traditionally in the past, historically, women have been very suppressed and you know our role was at home with our apron on cooking supper for our husbands which thankfully has changed but for a lot of women you know they've worked really hard to reach the prime of their career they might be at a place where their children have left home and they can really get to their next stage in their career or their life or decide to do something different and then their menopause hits them and I saw a lady recently who said to me that she had um Bought a new pair of walking boots, and she'd had her previous ones for ten years and never worn them. And then the past year, since she'd been feeling better, she'd been out doing really good walks with her dog. Mm. And she said it's amazing. She said I don't have a walking stick anymore. My walking boots have worn down. There's
1: a whole army of women who now are being, I think, in the next five years, being treated well, Mm -hmm. properly, medically. Who are now going to be so much more valuable to society and part of. Life in a way, and I, I think that's the kind of mini revolution that's happening. We're kind of we're back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I think know, you know, it's, it's when we realised
1: there was a whole army, I didn't realise till I had kids that there was a whole army of women functioning on two or three hours sleep yes. a night. And my God, weren't we amazing? Because we were still doing all this yeah. stuff, having spent the whole night being awake, and I mean, mm-hmm. to breastfeed for so long, and all of these things, we were still doing that. And then to be hit by this yes. and think, well, that's it. I really, do. I just give up now. I haven't had any sleep for yeah. ten years. Now I've got to deal with this as well. But actually. The the good thing is this is treatable within 10 weeks people usually feel better if they get it right mm. and now there's a massive group of women I think who are a talking about it and b out there doing stuff back in society yeah. dealing with life and sorting stuff out because we're so much more experienced than we were we've got a hell of a lot to offer absolutely get the right treatment you you can do anything you want
0: yeah it's totally right and there's so much more about workplaces being involved in the menopause which yeah. I think is good but actually what I don't think women need is to have adjusted work they need to Okay. Be more flexible with their times because actually, if they have the right treatment then they're better at their work than they were before so I feel a lot of companies should be working with their employees to try and help them access good quality menopause care in the same way that a lot of employees give health insurance but sadly menopause isn't covered in by health insurance so there need to be savvy ways of really trying to help women properly in the workplace so they can get back to their work and be the best that they want to be.
1: I've had so many women at the Sunday Times come up to me (laughs) to say oh my god I've listened to the podcast think I can go now today I know what to ask the dot. I mean these yeah. are again journalists high profile mm. hard-working executives who've changed just by getting the right mm. information and I think but it's still done in a kind of secretive conversation yes. <laughs> I yeah. just think there is no need to have a secretive conversation about something that's quite easily sorted it's just another problem that women can sort out
0: absolutely yeah no, brilliant. So, oh, thanks ever so, so much for sharing. And I think there's so much more. So, watch this space, everyone that's listening, because I really feel we can really make a difference with all the work we're doing together. So, well, I think you're making a huge difference. <laughs> oh.
1: You make the information easy to understand, which gives us the power. I think women the power to kind of ask for what we want in Good. simple terms, which yeah. is. Just- Doing it.
0: brilliant so before I finish rain can I just ask you for three take-home tips for women who want to feel more empowered and not sure how to to get the right help and advice
1: <laughs> I think feel your power for a start you know you you have lived an amazing life we have been through families we've all got an enormous amount of experience so don't let that internal voice in your head tell you that you don't have the confidence at this age and secondly just get the information before you go anywhere or do anything. Read it, write it down. I did a lot of writing down because I kept forgetting Mm -hmm. things. Make sure you write it down and spread the word. You must talk to other women when you meet them and they chat about how awful they're feeling or anxious or they've had a panic attack. They've never had it before. I think there needs to be a whole group of us out there saying you might be perimenopausal. Why don't you go to your
0: doctor? Look at this website. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much. Thanks for your time. For more information about the menopause please visit our website www.menopausedoctor.co.uk